0: Welcome to another episode of Unprofessional. I'm Jamie Newberry, one of your hosts. And here is, are you there, Dave?
1: I uh, call are you there? Yeah, I'm here.
0: <laughs> Dave Wiskus. Hi. And uh, I'd also, how are you today? I'm,
1: I'm great. Still great. This is the second one we've done uh, today. I know. I know. We're recording back to back because I'm going to be traveling and this is, I'm still great from earlier.
0: Good, good. Yeah. So things haven't changed. Well, we do have
1: we, we we have a guest.
0: We do have a guest. We always have a
1: guest. Uh <laughs> but this this guy. This guy I'm actually really excited. We got John Knack. Hey
0: guys, That's how awesome. are you? Hi John. Yeah. How are you?
2: I'm well, thank you.
1: Long time longtime Photoshop user, so it's I'm excited to have you here.
2: Oh well hopefully for good reasons and not just to uh Blame me about uh,
1: people. <laughs> you know, it was uh, Never. me, me and Lex Friedman and some other people. We uh, he did this panel at MacWorld two years ago uh-huh. where we were all on stage and the whole thing was uh, the things you hate about your favorite apps. Oh. It's like what you would change. Yes. And, right. and my contribution was like a five to ten minute rant about Photoshop and how much I love it, but all the things I hate about it. Oh yes. And uh, I remember it, it was uh, you and one of the other guys on the team had kind of reached out to us after that and. Uh, there's like some back and forth in, on suggestions and I, I know Mark Edwards was involved in a conversation. Oh sure. Yes. And yes and what I saw from all of that and, and I mean this very sincerely, like like beat for beat, Photoshop just kept getting better after that. Good. And I think it was uh right shortly after that was maybe the first creative cloud release and mm-hmm. my, my mm-hmm. reaction was holy shit, they
2: listened.
0: Yeah, <laughs> creative I love creative cloud. I have oh. To say. Well, I
2: should I should go back to Adobe then. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly, not there.
0: Yeah. we we should give you an opportunity to uh,
2: explain yourself. Explain
0: yourself. We always say.
2: Yeah. No. I I live under a bridge. I'm unemployed. Uh, I figured I peaked. So what could you do? Uh, yeah. So, so uh, me in a nutshell. So I know it's um, we're not talking about job stuff, but just so you know my background. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I still refer to myself as just an unfrozen caveman web designer. And, you know, I, I came into all this stuff because, um, you know, I just, I wanted to express myself visually and and creatively. And so I started teaching myself different tools during college. Um, I started teaching different professors how to use, uh, Photoshop and, you know, do digital audio and video, which is all in the sort of mid nineties. So it was very, uh, embryonic. And then when I got out of there, I got a job at a web design firm out in New York. And through that, I met companies like Macromedia and Adobe. And you know, normally when uh, you go visit a customer, as a product manager, uh, it tends to be, you know, they're, they're carving some time out of your, out of their day. They're busy. They're probably not thinking too much about this, but there'll be some feedback, maybe get half an hour and you're grateful for whatever insights they give you. But I was that, you know, one in a hundred weirdo who would, uh, get (laughs) like way too excited that Adobe was coming, you know, and like excited, good. And also excited. Like I'm going to make a deer blind and wait in it until these (laughs) people get out of the taxi. And then when it's too late, you know, I'll, I'll jump on them. And like, I remember when I first met the illustrator folks, um, they were like, Oh, you know, can I have like 45 minutes of your time? And we'll probably talk to you and talk to a bunch of other people. And I think like two and a half hours later, I finally let them out of my cube and (laughs) I had given them like this, world tour of here's how freehand works. Here's how illustrator works. Here's how pace works, object dancer, like completely obscure stuff. Um, no one had ever seen works and, uh, you know, sort of synthesized what I wanted, you know, as, as sort of the be all end all, uh, uh, illustration tool. And, you know, I, I used to always say to Adobe, I swear because I care, you know, like (laughs) I I would like to see that that same panel you did, but for, The PMs or or maybe tech leads or whatever of different products, but definitely involve drinking Uh, because (laughs) I remember once you know I first started Adobe they had this beer bash and uh, you know my friend from Illustrator introduced me to the Acrobat guy and I'm like oh and and I I didn't want to be a jerk but I had a million beefs and I started. Sort of, you know, gingerly mentioning a few of these. He's like, "Oh my god, you think that's bad? Check this out, you know." And like, oh, <laughs> he's like, hey, that, "You think that sucks, you know?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, well, you think this sucks with Photoshop? Like nobody knows." like their own child's uh, oh, yeah, deficiencies, like, like, like the person who has to live in it all day. And um, especially so when true. it's
1: your, when you feel when it's your baby, you know, when you right, feel that sense right. of ownership over something and you, you look at it day in and day out for me, I can look at the things I've made recently and I, you know, somebody will say something nice, they love it or whatever. And I just kind of go,
2: yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Well, there's it's some stuff I change.
2: Exactly. I heard uh, somebody from Pixar was talking the other day and they said, you know, it took them forever to be able to watch their own movies because all they can see are, you know, the, the shortcomings. And sure. um, yeah. it, it's like, we would sometimes go to visit those guys or visit Disney and, you know, you'd be in some uh, artist's office and there'd be amazing artwork up on the wall. And, uh, you know, maybe this guy was like a rendering expert or something and be like, Oh wow. Like look at these sketches. Who made those? And be like, well, I did. I mean, I'm not a, an artist or anything, and it's like, okay, dude. Like, <laughs> if like,
1: you can do that,
2: yeah, that's it's like being always
0: like, like that, yeah. right?
2: Like the number eight guy on the Lakers, who's like, well, you know, I'm obviously not that good, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a starter, and it's like, but yeah, you don't, but you don't want to play one on one with him, right? Like literally in any world except that one specific spot, that guy is the best person you've ever seen or or met, and uh, forget but quite also, how, yeah. Yeah. The artists are at are that same way too. It's, it's,
1: it's both an enviable position and you've got to feel for them because they're mm-hmm. never going to feel like they are at the top of their game, but they're always right. going to be the, cause they like in music, they say you should play with people who are better than you. You'll always mm-hmm. get better. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're only ever around people who are nothing but better than you, how do you <laughs> ever feel good about what you're doing?
2: Yeah, no, I was my, uh, It's funny, my mom, uh, now for the first time in forever, I have a commute, and she gave me a CD of Malcolm Gladwell, and I was, first of all, like, it's like you'd handed me a human skull or something, like, a CD? (laughs) Like, what is this? What uh, is this thing? Give it a good sniff. (laughs) Totally, get behind me, Satan. You know, this weird, weird (laughs) uh, wax cylinder thing. But uh, anyway, I popped it in, and, uh, you know, in his typical Malcolm Gladwell way, well, it turns out that blah, 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 you know, uh, he's he's talking about this woman who's incredibly bright and, you know, was the total standout kid at her school. And she ended up going to Brown as opposed to state school and, you know, felt horrible about herself because now she was in this incredibly rarefied environment where, uh, you know, people don't perceive absolutes at all. Like I would say, you know, if if you had, if you gave everybody their own private jet tomorrow, we'd all be super happy for like three hours. And then we'd all start bitching about the traffic, you know, like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, the noise and geez, you know, I have to, Buy all this jet fuel and anyway so so you know it, it's all like relative to other people I, I think out in Silicon Valley especially um, that's where it gets super perverse because you're dealing with people who are all you know super bright and yet if you didn't start such and such thing, you know you're an idiot or now, It's like uh, selling uh, selling Instagram for a billion dollars seemed impressive until somebody (laughs) sold sold a a chat client to uh, uh, Facebook for nineteen billion dollars. You know, so they're now now,
1: your billion dollars.
2: Like, oh, you only made a billion dollars. Oh yeah, they're (laughs) they're like obviously that guy is nineteen times more impressive than you. You know, so uh, people get wrapped around the axle in a weird way. So I I do think it is good to, um, like you say, play with musicians better than you, and yet then like just go. Work in a Guatemalan orphanage for a couple of weeks and get <laughs> paid on, like I did, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, my life is so great!" And then, you know, two weeks after that, then you'll be back to bitching like you were. So, of course, yeah.
1: I had a decision to make a few months ago. I, I just recently moved to New York, and I was uh, I was living in Denver, and I had the decision: should I go? I knew I wanted to move, and I knew I wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to be in a big city. I wanted to be around creative people. I wanted to be, you know, around a certain kind of energy. And it was kind of kind of came down to San Francisco and New York and mm-hmm. the reason I the reason I didn't choose San Francisco and there's a there's a bunch of reasons but my biggest problem with San Francisco is I knew that I would either be revered as a god or I wouldn't be nearly startup hipster indie cred cool enough for those people mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said yeah. those people but you know what I mean it, there's there's <laughs> a, there's there's an aura in that city that you, you kind of like you you can work with that or you can't and I thought that either way I'm going to be pretty unhappy
2: well, yeah, it, it's a trip. And I always think of, you know, Kurt Vonnegut line where he's like, you know, art should not strictly, su- you know, strictly speaking disappear up its own ass. And I feel like that with the startup world too. And it's like, yep, pretty much up its own ass all the time. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah. what, what, what do you have to be, what is there to be gained when everybody in your city is sort of doing the same thing that you're doing?
2: Well, it, what's funny too is, is exactly what is that that they're doing? Uh, you know, for most <laughs> people, it's like, it, it's, um, you know, and I confirmed this with a, uh, a guy who recently sold his startup to Google and now, you know, works here. And I was like, so, so tell me this. Like, if you started something up and you started making some money at it and you got all these users, um, would that be better or worse than if you started up, did not make any money and got all those users? He's like, oh, clearly you don't want to make any money because if you do, then somebody can pretty clearly extrapolate. Well, to get to such and such valuation, there have to be this many people and we would need like seven other earths to have that many people. So yeah, it's not worth, not worth anything. But if you don't actually make anything, then it's all hand wave, hand wave, infinite upside. And so what I feel like with all these, um, Hey, it's electronic dog food for your saxophone delivered, right? You know, it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) you
0: know,
2: like, Oh, but, but it's all promise. And so everybody, It it, you know can be like well I'm of course I'm a founder I'm a this I'm a that and it's like uh, of what like if if you (laughs) right right you're just selling the idea of success that's it right
1: and then you see stats like the amount of money it would take to end uh, thirst. Yeah, like provide water to every human being. And it's like 500 million dollars and we could end that problem like really half an Instagram right. or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah. it was something where you could measure it in in Instagrams. Exactly. And and right. you, you could look at, you know, if Bill Gates wanted to, if Apple wanted to, if right. Microsoft or Google wanted to, yeah. they could write a check. I mean, it's never nearly that simple. Right. But right. Uh, the are the greatest minds of our generation are out there trying to, uh, make it easier for you to send 140 character messages that don't actually mean anything.
2: Yeah. And then click an ad, you know, right. Right. So, <laughs> and what am I doing? I'm, I'm, should I throw any stones? I, I, I don't. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, so I think you're, you've done well to get out of that perspective vortex. Although having lived in New York for a while, uh, I can attest that, there's a whole other weird one out there too. Oh yeah. There's
1: a definite, it's a different vortex, but on the plus side, it's a, uh, it's, there, there's combinations of, of vortices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, good. And, and you know, different industries, different cultures, different it's, it feels less
2: um, saturated in that way. Good.
1: Good. There's other kinds of jerks and that's what I do.
2: <laughs> Yeah. You have to deal with like the wall street, I banker assholes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And they're, they're
1: fine. I mean, it's different people, right? It's, it's we're all just people. I like the idea of not being surrounded by people who each have their own startup. Right. I like talking to different kinds of assholes. Right. Right. So, uh, you, but you, if you mean you personally, would you, I, you get to
2: ride the Photoshop cred for a while. Uh, yeah. Well, here's what's funny. I feel like I've been writing it for a while because I haven't technically been on the team in like four years. Um, so I, <laughs> which well, don't, don't say that you're going to ruin it. I know. Totally. Um, you know, I, after Adobe bought a uh, type uh, I went to a little party they had for, you know, they were closing down their office and and joining the the mothership and it was, you know, it was like, Oh, there's the guy who started WordPress and there's so-and-so <laughs> and, this was like two years ago and I was in a really low ebb because it was sort of like, well, what's my sequel? What the hell am I doing? And, um, I just, I was wishing my t-shirt simply said, I used to be a bigger deal, you (laughs) know, like, yeah, you know, I was, I was 26 and I got this, uh, through unbelievable lotto. I got this great good fortune to work on this product I'd grown up loving and, what, what the hell do you do after that? Because it's like, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd done like five reps of this thing, you know, CS1 through CS5. And at some point it it occurs to you, it's like, well, I could, I could hopefully stick around if they'll have me and do another five, but will I grow much? And that's the other perspective vortex. Like I I started to feel before I left Adobe, like the oldest 38 year old I'd ever heard of, like, (laughs) like Benjamin Button or something, you know, it was like, uh, this, this really weird, <laughs> gross feeling of like, you're the milk at the back of the cooler that like nobody picked and has turned to cheese. Like <laughs> I 14 years at one company. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, did you suffer a head injury or are you just not that bright or like, what's wrong with you that you haven't, you know, flitted from, from flower to flower? And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with all you people? I'm passionate about something like I'm on a mission And I'll stay here all night to do it. Uh, Whereas for a lot of people, it's like, I think it's a little bit more mercenary. Um, Anyway, so I, I, you know, I've been, I've been writing the Photoshop thing for a while. I mean, you know, I did do Photoshop Touch uh, in that time since then. Um, So that took about a year. Uh, But even that was in 2011. So, you know, what I was doing sort of, I was uh, like, like you and I, you know, had the exchanges about uh, what should Photoshop be. So I would always... Uh, work with those guys uh, as as much as I could without being annoying and, you know, continue to channel feedback from you and Nevin and Mark and, you know, lots and lots of other people who are really uh, doing the work every day. Um, and, you know, I've always joked, like, well, what do you do here? I'm, I'm like that guy in office space. Like, uh, well, uh, uh, I connect this guy to this other guy. Like, well, why, why don't they just talk to each other? I don't know, but they don't. And therefore, this is my jam. And so, um, so I, I feel like I can, um, you know, take a little credit for some of the, the things that we had started during my tenure on Photoshop, but then, you know, and it took like CSX or CC to actually start arriving like, you know, linked smart objects or a lot of the uh, vector tools enhancements. Um, but at this point, yeah, it's it's fully other folks show um, all the cool things they're doing with generator and, and that stuff is, t- you know, um, I can't take any credit. And I'm really happy that, you know, for for the longest time, it was really hard to get any design features into the tool. It was all like digital photography, workflow, 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 which was, which was great. There was a lot to be improved there, but now I think the pendulum swings back a little bit and they have much more, um, energy around how do we help, you know, the really serious users who live in this thing all day, who have hundreds of layers. And it's like, yes, 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 yes. Like, please go make that better because even if Photoshop wasn't designed to be uh, you know, a page layout aggregation tool, and it certainly was not, that is what it is for millions of people. And so just go make that suck less.
0: You know, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier that I kind of piqued my interest here it was um you see like what do you do next like you've kind of done mm-hmm. this thing that you've been super i i had a really interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago um along the same lines with a man named edgar mitchell who was um he was the sixth man to walk on the moon and that was mm. sort of the same wow. question i had for him. i was like yeah. you've walked on the moon like what what do you do after that, you know? And yeah, um, right. he he had been working on a, a foundation to study consciousness, but then mm, like wow. the last decade, you know, just the last ten years, his focus has been on sustainability and stuff. And I just thought it was so fantastic to you know to hear that that's the kind of stuff. I guess after you walk on the moon, like it seems <laughs> right. like everything else would be so insignificant. But what do you do after you've done something that? Like you know, what is next for you? Like,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, and not not to to get too worky, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> right,
0: but, <laughs> but I mean, as far as like the even in the in the vein of like personal passion, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah, kind of what it boils down to. It,
2: it does. It, it for me, it's pretty hard to separate the two. And again, I don't <laughs> exactly I, 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 like I don't I you know when when Foursquare and everything first kind of took off. Um, my, so I, I now have two kids uh, who are st- one just turned six one is uh, pushing five and pushing five it's yeah, yeah, he, like he, you know he's like Over the hill. exactly he's like I'm on the wrong side of four you know it's all downhill for me. <laughs> uh, like he's peaked you know whatever he was gonna do um, but uh, I, I mentioned it because like when when all those check-in services came out my life had had degenerated I felt to the point of like it would just like, if I graft it, it would just be a barbell shape. It would just be, uh, going to work, coming home. And it's like this two mile corridor between Adobe and where I live. And it's like back forth, back forth, back forth, like nothing else. Um, so, so yeah, like what, what, what do I do with myself besides those two things? Um, I mean, I'd like to think as I suppose most of us would, um, that the world will be somehow better for my having been here. And, you know, then you just go about trying to figure out how to do that. And part of it is being a great parent. Um, You know, I, I took the dudes to the Lego store last night. In fact, I, you know, having grown up on Legos, I feel like, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, closeted gay men would have a quote unquote beard, you know, it's, oh, it's my, uh, my girlfriend in Toronto, you know, she never comes to visit, but she's there. Um, So I like the boys are my Lego beard, you know, like, now they allow like this <laughs> what? like this nearly <laughs>
0: I love it. Like, it's an Ford... excuse to go to the Lego store. Right? Exactly. Oh, I see. I right, see. Right, right,
2: right. They're totally my um uh, my my cloaking <laughs> device. Like it's not weird or creepy that I'm like old and in the Lego store. Uh, That's,
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. I love that you said that.
1: I'm 32 and hang out at the Lego store. Okay, but cool. should, I, should I be concerned? It's true,
0: <laughs> though. Like, I mean, I think as a as a, a man in your late 30s, like, right. you're, <laughs> so I'm a mom of two girls. You have two boys. Okay. Uh-huh. They, mine are similar ages. I'm at nine and five are the uh, ages of these girls. Okay. And, but yeah, like, it gives you a reason, almost like a revitalization to, uh, we, could and, we could arrange like, some weddings right now. Yeah. <laughs> revisit your childhood and remember mm-hmm. fun. Like I think as grownups, sometimes we forget sort of that element of fun. We get all mm-hmm. serious about things. Just, this is serious. This is work. This is a right. meeting. Right. Um, but that's the one thing that I've loved the most. Like I'm not, not always the most like, oh, parenthood is awesome. But, yeah. um, you know, like <laughs> playing with Legos is awesome. And if yes. I have an excuse to do it, and we were just talking yesterday, I build a fort um every week to record this show inside a fort, inside my kids' bedroom because it's the most soundproof <laughs> environment that I can I'm a
1: little sad create. about that. And now <laughs> yeah. I want to make a fort.
0: Yeah. There's no well, reason not to, guys. Just build a fort.
2: Seriously. Well that's you know what speaking of Legos and, and that spirit, um have you seen the Lego movie?
0: I loved oh, yes. the Lego movie. Yes.
2: And everything was, is awesome. Everything is awesome. Indeed. <laughs> it's, and, uh, I loved the takeaway of that, which was um I thought it was really like the movie was sort of like bold and and sort of subversive on a lot of levels I didn't expect. And, you know, on some level they were kind of sticking it to like guys in my demographic who who do get a little too serious and start gluing stuff together. And yes, I like, I love uh, it's such a weird meta thing that like, here's this commercial movie, which is telling you don't be commercial build whatever weird shit you want and like build a double decker couch it's crazy and then like <laughs> we'll sell you a set which is now the double decker couch um, Right, right right but like I, I love like last night so uh what i love with the the lego store is they have the parts bin in the back like pick a brick you know and you could yeah. just fill up a cup for like 8 bucks or you could do a big cup for 15 bucks and and so you could just get like an obscene number of like some part so i just <laughs> Like I went into like up to my armpit last night in propellers and I'm like, yeah, like let's get a shitload of propellers. Like, I don't know what we're going to do with these, but like, we're going to build a spruce goose, you know, we're going to have like not, you know, pushers and pullers and, uh, and, and then, you know, got all of these like red cylindrical pieces and, you know, I showed, I stuck them together and the kids are like, oh, it's, it's a redwood tree. And I'm like,
0: Aww, oh, that's it's, awesome.
2: yeah, it's a redwood tree. And then like, we proceeded to, um make these like completely implausible vehicles with like lifeguard towers on top of the redwood trees, which were mounted on like the world's smallest wheels. And then at bedtime, like make up this whole mythology story about this kid named uh Wavy Davy uh in the water <laughs> and like he loves Wavy Davy loves gravy. And so then it's gonna be Wavy Davy's gravy navy. You know? And oh, just, I love like, it just on and on and on. And so yeah, I, I think like back to your point about like, well, what are we doing with our lives besides podcasting? You know, it's like, <laughs> like hopefully and hopefully like building, this, Lego. building Lego and just
0: using yeah, can, your imagination. Yeah.
2: And, and trying to connect to other people, like not to um, not to to bring the room down in any way. But like, uh, the, you know, the, there's been a couple of times when, you know, a couple colleagues have passed away over the years, um, you know, as, as happens in all our lives. And when, you know, one of these happened, uh, on new year's Eve and it was this uh, woman we all really, really enjoyed working with. And, um, so there were a couple of memorials at Adobe and it was, um, it was one of those things where you you think about somebody and I think Toni Morrison has a line, which is like, you know, people won't remember what you said. They might not even remember what you did, but, uh, they'll remember how you made them feel. And
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: right. Okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and I thought of Whitney, and I was like, part of me was sort of uh, sort of vaguely upset. I'm like, I can't remember a lot of conversations, whereas most people had like some really funny specific anecdote about a Springsteen concert or whatever. like I can't I can't really remember, but like I just remember her giggling all the time. And Aww. you know, she has like this very like uh, sort of like twinkling Irish, you know, uh, gift of the gab kind of spirit. And um I, I guess that experience, you know people got up and and you know gave little remembrances and the thing that occurred to me was just you know uh what what else is there except our 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 intersections with with others lives and uh you know I'm, I'm hoping those can be as as positive as as possible I mean some will be like super deep and narrow like uh you know you and your kids uh doing something, you know, going to a ball game. Some it's like, you know, just, just oh, back to Photoshop as always. Like, <laughs> um, one thing that I loved observing on Twitter, uh, it was sort of like overhearing a conversation and, uh, Van, the designer from the New York times yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time he was, he tweeted something like, well, so the, 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 the 15 second background is there was essentially a bug in Photoshop. You could argue it was functioning as a but you know, like when you duplicate a layer, you've got layer one, you copy it, it says layer one copy. Okay. That's fine. And if you make a layer set and you duplicate that layer set one layer set one copy. Okay, cool. But if you put layers within the set and you duplicate the set, it should not add the word copy to the contents of the set. Right. And yet it did. Right. So this is like, it, it, like this is inception. Like you're like five dreams in at this point, you know, you're like way deep in the stack, but, um, This is just one of those behaviors that, again, like if if you even filed a bug, somebody would be like, no, no, that's functioning as designed. And yet functioning as designed does not mean optimal. And so uh, we ended up going and changing that. And I saw Koi tweet. He's like, oh, man, they, they, they fixed that. They no longer add this stupid word copy. When I don't want it, and Nevin Morgan wrote back, and he's like, "Oh man, that's fantastic!" Like, and Coy's like, "Boom, that's totally worth the price of the upgrade, you know, two hundred bucks right there." And Nevin's like, <laughs> "I totally agree." And I was like, "Oh man!" Like, it, it brought me back to you know, the Steve Jobs and and the first Mac team, where he would be like you know, they, they're, he's, he would have ride them about like, if you can make it start up five seconds faster, then you multiply that against, you know, the 10 million people that will buy one of these in five seconds a day. And like, we're, you know, that's a lifetime we're saving lives here, you know? And, and, you know, it's sort of a slight, hopefully slightly tongue in cheek, uh, you know, reduction to absurdity, but, but you do like to think that, geez, if I could just make this one thing better, uh, like, like just this, this keyboard shortcut or this, whatever, like, yeah, it will translate to creative people having proportionally that much more time, that much less distraction. And well, it's
1: the, the, the San Francisco thing again. And I feel like I'm, I'm picking on them, but the, the, there's a prevailing attitude in our industry of my company, I'm changing the world. We're going to change the world, which is, little arrogant and and probably misguided even as a goal not everything you do is going to change the world and that's okay the Mm -hmm. the idea isn't not everything has to change the world it's okay if you're just changing
2: somebody's day Mm -hmm. right and exactly it's like um you know there's the the mother Teresa line that we can't do great things we can only do small things with great love and (laughs) you know hopefully that applies uh to work as well as to you know Uh, maybe a little bit higher minded things where, you know, if you could just um, like, I guess my, my purpose in having a blog, you know, or tweeting or whatever, it's like, it, it's like, I can't go have beer with Adobe. Like that is physically impossible. There is no Adobe. There's no Google, right? They're just these, these um, fictions that we all agree to share so that we can come up you know, come to the same place at the same time and the lights will be on and then we, we do work. Um, but there, but there's no thing and there's only people. And, and I figured, well, I can't speak for or on behalf of this thing and it sure can't for me, but I can at least like shake hands with somebody and be like, well, I'm here. Like, why don't we talk? And you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, let, let me know what your, your grievances are with Photoshop or now Google or whatever. And like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you mine. And then like, let's work together on that. Are you in Seattle or did you, did you move down? Yeah. So I used to be, I, so, um, I got super familiar with the relocation people to the point where, uh, (laughs) like the, the third time Adobe moved me coast to coast within 24, my first 24 months, uh, I would just call up and be like, Edgar, how are you brother? Like, what's going on, man? Like, it's me again. And, yep, I'll take that uh, package B with a 1500 stipend on the blah, you know. like. Uh, so so I lived in New York, and uh, I worked for a web agency. Adobe hired me in 2000. They said, hey, we're going to make After Effects for the web, but it's going to be all web standards. And I'm like, that sounds freaking amazing. And so I came to work on that, which turned into Live Motion, which turned into a Flash tool, because we were like literally 10 years ahead of the, the browsers in terms of SVG and all that. Um so they moved me to Seattle, uh, and then they did a reorg, because you know the .dot .com thing was starting to come unglued. And I realized, well, why am I out here? They moved most of, of my colleagues down to the Bay Area, yet the engineers are in Boston. So I'm like, screw it, I'm going to move back to the East Coast. So I did that. Uh, I lived with a bipolar, homicidal DJ who stabbed a guy a lot. While I live there
1: Like at uh, once or like yeah, a lot a lot of yeah. times over a period of time
2: oh yeah they, they, would, they would they would meet every month and then he would st- stick them. and uh yeah, I think it was all at once uh but it, yeah that that as you can tell is the whole story right there, but that sucked, and then uh adult, or then then they were um they shit that product and we were like, yeah, it's nothing personal. Thanks for all the effort. You have a month, try to find something. And if you can't, we'll give you a, you know, a severance. And so I was, um, you know, it's basically like shit. Yeah. I'm, I, I had given myself to this thing and this company 12 hours a day. Uh, but whatever. And, and I, on what was to have been my last week, I flew out to California for this, this boondoggle of a, a little conference. I'm like, Hey, what the hell? You know, I've been trying to be a cheap date, but you know what? If you want to fly me out here, I give a couple talks and you buy me some food, fine. And I was... That's my uh, rule. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I really, I just swung for the fences. I'm like, I'm, this is going to be the last Adobe demos I ever do, right? So I'm just going like, to put on a show. And I did. And uh, Russell Brown, who's Adobe's evangelist, saw me do it. And he was like, so we're firing you on Friday? It's like, yeah, it sucks, but what are you going to do? And so he, he made some calls. Turns out on Friday, I was up at Microsoft interviewing. I was um, in their recruiting building, and I got a call from Brian Lampkin, who was like the, the biggest of big cheeses. Uh, and he's like, uh, Well, uh, the guy's like nine foot. He's basically Bill Brasky, if you ever uh, <laughs> Google Bill Brasky from Saturday Night Live. Uh, he's like, Well, uh, um, why don't you come down <laughs> on Monday? What do you think about working on Photoshop? And I'm like, I think you're talking to an empty telephone, because like I'm already gone. Like I'm on a plane and um so long story short uh so i moved from boston to the bay area i've been here ever since uh and that was 12 years ago okay
0: uh-huh. yeah so wow that's yeah. cool
1: well, yeah. uh, which, which part of the bay
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> the san francisco See, bay area
2: yeah you you you're right to ask and you and if you haven't found this in new york you will but i probably already have which is you say, it's like when I lived in New York. I say oh, I live in New York. Oh, where? Uh, Manhattan. Oh, where in Manhattan? Upper West Side. Oh, where Upper West? And like, it, <laughs> and, and people do this. They do this bracketing thing, where whatever you say, unless it's like the same building and the same apartment they live in, you will either be uh, poorer than them and and sort of feel <laughs> like not not as cool or not as good as them, or uh, you'll live in somewhere nicer, in which case you're like some spoiled douche, you know? So it's like one <laughs> of the two you're going to be.
1: So my question was more, have I been insulting your home this whole time? Should no, I, no. should I die back on San Francisco?
2: No, no. Like if you like, and again, no one, I take, uh, I, I'm second to no one in insulting my nominal <laughs> home, which is, which is San Jose, which is, ah. uh, the, yeah. the hose, you know, which is like the big, <laughs> it, it's weird. Cause it's the 10th biggest, uh, city in the country it's like 950,000 people and yet you never see any of them it's like it 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 is weird it's a necropolis you know it
1: feels like an an epic expanse of deserted strip malls
2: it is it is exactly and I always say like if gas ever goes to like 12 bucks a gallon San Jose potentially could get really cool because you've got a million people and they would have to stay there and do something (laughs) Uh, but in the meantime why would you? Because you can go over to Santa Cruz and be there in like 40 minutes or you can go to up up to quote unquote the city, you know, SF, be there in an hour or less. Or you can go down to Monterey and be there in an hour. And so like San Jose, it, it, it's like when I lived in Boston, they were like – it felt like about 3,500 little towns all around Boston. And if you just drew a circle around those and said that's a new town, that is what uh, – San Jose is. Because we live in a little part called Willow Glen, which used to be its own municipality. And then the big blob, Borg, just kind of, uh, you know, 100 years ago, kind of fanned out. And then it became part of San Jose. So it still feels kind of like a little town. But it's within the the jurisdiction of this big, uh, amorphous uh, bedroom community.
1: (laughs) San Jose, I've spent a fair bit of time there from conferences. And uh, I used to fly in and out of SJC all the Mm, time. for For client stuff, like yep. you know, all of the companies you'd expect. To exactly. Eat, Same here. With. And I, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I mean, San, San Jose is a town I, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with. But for me, being younger, single dude,
2: it's not really my scene. Oh, dude, it's terrible. <laughs> it, you know, my, my wife says if you wanted to show, uh, you know, film that show, Life After People, you should <laughs> do it here because you don't, even, like, you don't even have to close down the street. You could just let the cameras roll and like no human activity will be visible ever. Uh, so it's, yeah, but what, you know, what? here's the thing on the flip side, the weather's fantastic. It's near, it's near everything else. And we found a cool old Victorian and my wife and I were like, she works at Adobe as did I. And so it was like, Hey, we want to have kids. I don't want to be sitting in traffic. Uh, let's do this. And on the weekends we'll go you know, somewhere fun. Yes. And so that's what, that's what we good.
0: do. You know, it's yeah. funny because I live in, I mean, vastly different. I used to live in Foster City, so I'm pretty familiar mm. with the area there. But um, I live in Las Vegas right now. And oh. it, interestingly, people are like, why do you live there? You know, what, what's – but my, my thing is always it's really easy to get in and out of. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, places to go and see within a reasonable day trip. And it's different than the experiences you have with um, – you know, living in San Jose, like Santa Cruz and Monterey. I love those places. I love Half Moon yeah. Bay. I love oh, Pacifica. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but in Las Vegas, it's it's kind of the same. Like The cost of living is super, super inexpensive comparatively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, the weather, I love the dry mm. heat. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. I work indoors. It's not like I have a manual labor job where I'm right. out, out of doors in the 120 degree heat.
1: I miss the dry heat.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You do what works for you, you know? Well, this, is, this is going to yeah. sound
1: like a joke, but I'm being dead serious. The dry heat thing. Yeah. Being being you know being from Denver, I'm used to dry it's everything. A dry, dry, heat. dry cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The snow. Right. The snow is powder, just crumbs. Right. Right. Here in New York, it's not even to the humid part of the year yet, and I'm oh, having yeah. a. I'm dead serious. I'm having a serious like frizz problem with my hair. Yeah. Where it's like I look like a like unless I put on three times as much product as I normally would. like. I look like a cooch ball. It's just it, right. it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. It, it's funny when you know so. Adobe hired me in May of 2000. I moved to Seattle and I was there for, I don't know, maybe a month. And so I came back to New York for a conference and it was like, I got out of the plane in June and I'm like, like what is this like wet washcloth, like this filthy (laughs) like newspaper that I'm trying to breathe through. And it's like, oh, it's humidity. Like it's just literally that tiny period of time I totally forgot what that felt like. And it was like, Oh, this sucks. Yeah.
0: You do. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm from, I'm from
2: Illinois and you know, I mean, Illinois, it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like the, the cold ass winter and the, the hot muggy summer and the, the state bird is the mosquito, you know? (laughs) Uh, So I'm, I theoretically used to all that stuff and then I've totally forgotten about it.
1: You, your body adjusts and I'm pretty sure there's a secondary thing. And I keep meaning to ask Twitter about this, but I would, Maybe I'm imagining this, but I'm pretty sure I have to cut my fingernails like three times as often as I ever did before. <laughs> Maybe really? That's interesting. Interest- it's like yeah. at least once a week I have to cut my fingernails now.
0: Huh. Is that, is that a, like you're wondering if it's propelled by humidity, perhaps?
1: I don't. I, that's my best guess. It's Maybe you've upped change. your
0: vitamin intake. Mm.
1: If, if anything, it's gone
2: down.
0: <laughs> Very curious. Where, that's an interesting where,
2: one. Where in the city are you living or, or around?
1: Uh, Lower East Side, right up against the Williamsburg
2: Bridge.
0: Oh, cool. Okay,
2: right
1: on. So I don't, I don't know. uh, Maybe it's the neighborhood is making my fingernails. (laughs) Like (laughs) seriously, it's 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 genuinely um, a little concerning for me. Is there a health thing I should be? Am I dying of something? Is there a weird like kind of cancer that makes my nails grow? I don't
2: even want to look at WebMD. Well, you should Google like Superfund sites or something and be like, oh yeah, it's an old paint (laughs) factory and you know, quote unquote, charming loft now. But uh, yeah. John Leguizamo talks about uh, growing up in the PJs with the delicious lead-based paint. Mm. You yeah. know,
0: mm.
1: yeah. Fortunately, this building—the building I live in—is only ten years old. Oh, cool. So it's got an elevator, and as far as I can tell, no lead paint. Okay, good.
0: As far okay. as you can tell.
1: I'm not going to eat the paint chips either. Yeah. Way, just in case. <laughs> good. Would you? Would now that you have you know wife, two kids, you're you're fairly settled where you are? Would you ever consider moving somewhere?
2: Uh yeah. I I mean, it's it is funny how the things you own end up owning you. And, you know, we, uh, it, it's also weird for me being like a super frugal Midwestern to come out and deal with, uh, the realities of the housing market out here, you know, so, <laughs> right. right. You know, and, and I, I had bought a, an apartment, she had bought an apartment, uh, my wife, when, when we were both single and we thought, okay, like, let's sell those. We want to have kids, but want to have enough space, this was 2006, so we thought, God, if we don't buy now, I mean, we're just going to be hosed. And so, of course, it, it's like if you ever to go to Zillow, and it's like just zoom out as far as possible, look for where you would plant a flag as a you know mountain climber for the peak. <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> like draw a tangent point on that, and then we just rode that elevator right into the into the toilet. So um, <laughs> economically, so
0: yeah, that was yay like, woo winning 2006 <laughs> through 2008 really um yeah like peak points in buying right for buying yeah, homes.
2: yeah. well right so you know um I, I hope someday the the property value uh comes back i think it might be back but you never want to you never want to be too cocky um but yeah I, I you know my family uh my parents are back in illinois my extended family is all in chicago and uh, if you ever get me back there, that the accent just flattens out. It's, it's
0: fantastic,
2: <laughs> um, but uh, so it, it, it's possible. But um, it's weird. I always thought with you know that uh, back to the Vonnegut uh, quotes. You know, he said, "Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes it too hard." And uh, live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes it too soft. Or at least that was attributed to him. It might have actually been that. Always wear sunscreen, but either way, pretty, it's good. Sure, pretty sure
1: it was uh, JFK and Gandhi who said that.
2: Okay, good. I thought sunscreen. Really <laughs> it was um, Einstein. It was oh, Mark great. Twain. It was Mark Very, Twain. Was Mark great, Twain. good, good. Um, they're all playing poker somewhere at this point. Um, <laughs> but but it's still a great idea. And I I uh, I left New York before it made me too hard. But you know, fifteen seconds into being in California, it's like I drove my my car from Boston out west. I put down my foot, and it was like and i am too soft like it we're, we're like i my ass is cookie dough at this point and i exist only to, to serve my own pleasure and eat chocolate and uh yeah i so it it is tough to to leave this area but uh i, I try to infuse as much uh angst as i can into the chill environs
1: my my mom was asking if i would planned to stay in new york forever and i don't think i could ever say yes to anything forever Right. But yeah. my, even, even then though my plan is I, I don't know how long I'm going to stay here but I do want to live in Europe again
2: mm, totally where were you in, in Europe before? Uh, Amsterdam oh wow that would be cool yeah I love that
1: I'd, I'd love to move back. And I very seriously considered moving back there mm-hmm. when I was, because that was sort of the, the third option. It was New York, San Francisco or Amsterdam. Mm. And uh, the reason that I picked New York over Amsterdam is because i lived in Amsterdam. I've never lived in New York and I've always wanted to live in New York. Mostly, I think, because of Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. <laughs>
2: totally. You know, it, it's funny because when I uh, when I joined Adobe, you know, I so I, I moved to New York when I was like 22. I was making 10 bucks an hour or like that. I got up to 10 bucks an hour. Let's put it that way. Um, no money, no mo problems. Um, exactly, me and Vicky. Um and I was paying 950 a month for rent uh for a 120 square foot apartment, which is basically the size of the little phone the booth that I'm in now. Wait, yeah. 120
1: square feet? That 120. Is tiny. You're shitting me.
2: No, it was epic. It was like I only had a couch which I had pulled off the street. Uh so it was like me my cat and my couch and you know, I didn't I didn't have any money and so I would come home, I I talked my parents into going like these on a, I think it was like a PowerMax 7100. Maybe it was a little later than that, but it was, I was a G3. Anyway, so the, <laughs> the, the point being like, it was an investment though, so that I could come home and run Photoshop and freelance. And um, so when I joined Adobe, you know, people would come out traveling on the company time and they're like, Hey, we're staying in Times Square. Like, let's go spend some money. And like, you know, this area, I'm like, okay that's wrong on about 12 levels. And (laughs) I would never hang around this area. I didn't have any money. I can take you to cool places, but you're going to have to come down to, you know, East Village Pizza and Kebab with me, uh, where you can get like, you know, two slices and a kebab and a Coke for $4, but you're going to be walking like an hour and 15 minutes to get there. And obviously nobody's down with it. So, um, uh, yeah, for me, that's, it's weird, you know, there was a, a Banksy uh, graffiti thing that, that was getting passed around the other day which said, uh, some people are so poor, all they have is money. And yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's like, right. It, it's um, it's easy to have things insulate you from interestingness. And, you know, being being in New York, it, it, you were talking Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. It's like, everybody thought, oh, sex in the city, like New York, it's great. It's like, yeah, if you have like, I don't know, tens of millions of dollars and leisure, <laughs> right. like, but I didn't. And so your, my experience was, was different. And it's funny because I, I won't say I almost didn't take the Adobe job, but I was, I was a little sad to do it because I had moved out to Brooklyn. Uh, I had a couple good friends in, in, you know, and I was made friends with a bunch of actors and a bunch of like non tech nerds and like I felt like, holy crap, now I have enough money and enough space. Like, this feels like a real place. Like, this is exciting. And um, then Adobe was like, yeah, come move to Seattle where you don't know a soul. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it was an adventure. I met my eventual wife. And, uh, you know, um, it it it's so easy to look back. And it's like I um, I could have gone to Apple in, like, 2006. And I went over and chatted with them. And it was like, yeah, we've got this iPhoto gig. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, give up Photoshop for iPhoto. Like, wipe my ass with iPhoto. Come on, man. Um, (laughs) You know, and, but, you know, obviously economically it would have been, you know, I'd, I'd you know, my net worth would be 10X, I assume, uh, what it it is now. Um, But then-
1: The guy who took that job is laughing all the way to the
2: bank. Well, that's what I mean, you know. And so it's it's all, um, I don't know hopefully, uh, whatever you, you all, you, this is the part you should probably edit out cause I'm stammering, but, uh, you know, you, you, just try to, to move forward and hopefully that all had some meaning and, you know, I wouldn't know all the great people I do if I'd taken that role. So, oh, right. And there, I can look
1: at so many moments in my career, my life where I could have made a better financial choice. I am notoriously bad with money. I, mm. I, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm really <laughs> bad. I'm really bad with money. Yeah, I probably can't even afford to live here, but I somehow do anyway. Yeah, yeah. Impressive. It's just sheer sheer dumb luck more than anything else, probably. But sure. there's there've been plenty of moments where had I had I taken this path versus that path, I would have been making more money or I would have been able to uh, if I would if I wrote it out a little bit longer, I would have had a bigger payoff. Sure, exit sure. Exit strategy, et cetera. Right. But I look back at the decisions I've made or the decisions that have been forced upon me for the, the duration of my career. And I, I think like this is, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly. Think of all the interesting, I don't mean that in a, well, all of my mistakes led me here sort of way. But I mean like genuinely, I'm glad I had to learn those lessons or I would be hmm. so much more fucked up than I am now.
2: Right, right. And, yeah.
1: and I'm, I'm not happy that things sucked sometimes, but right. it worked out
2: well that's you know exactly that's you know for me in college I mean it's it, it things make you who you are for better or worse and you know I went through a period where I got depressed and I just I hated being in school I was in Navy ROTC which I actually loved weirdly enough so like I thought my life was going to be go to the school and become a chomper pilot and you know do all this crazy stuff and then it was like no, actually, you're going to drop out of school and paint your parents' house and then <laughs> go live in a halfway house in South Bend and uh, work at the Olive Garden. And it was like, <laughs> wow, this is not, not what I had in mind. Uh, but, you know, within a couple of days of, of starting at the Olive Garden, somebody's like, hey, you know, Jerome Bettis, uh, NFL player, like, Well, he's bankrolling a bunch of his buddies from the football team. They're going to do, nobody even had the term startup at the time, but like, you know, they're they're, going to do this, yeah, this whole interwebs thing. And it was like, cool. Like I will, um, yeah, I will work 18 hours a day and I will sleep in my minivan outside, uh, the strip mall. And, uh, I will, I, it's what I it's absolutely what I needed because it was clear. It's like Billy uh, Crystal talks about his grandfather who was an upholsterer. And he's like, you know, not a glamorous job, n- never got famous, never got rich. But he could point to a couch and say, I made that. You know? That's awesome. And, yeah, yeah. and I felt that way with these websites where it's like, I had no concept of like, well, you pay this amount and you get this amount. It was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm eating a, a tube of bagels all night listening to the BBC oh, just scan your entire product catalog and make animated GIFs out of it. And like, because it's kind of fun. Like if I can, you know, make the water bubble, you know, in, in all of these jacuzzi pictures, you know, <laughs> and like, why the hell not? Where am I going to go? You know, and um, so so I, it, it was one of those moments where if I'd had the, you know, self-knowledge or foresight, I would have uh, left school under nicer circumstances, you know, instead of like, I just don't go to class. Uh, you know, that'll be po- a <laughs> bit, bit of a pocket veto. Uh, but, you know, it, it did let me clear my head and feel valuable. And I was able to come back a semester later and finish up and graduate. And uh, and then basically, you know, as soon as I got to New York, it's like I just took, it's like a, some, some sci-fi thing where, where you're in like the escape capsule and like you just like jettison this huge crunched up spaceship. And it's like like big giant core dump. And I feel like I kind of just rebooted my life when I was 22 and and moved to New York and uh, and and there we there we went and and in some ways honestly you know we'll see how how this change going to Google works out but uh, I felt like I, I was getting to need that uh, in my life right now where it was like you know I I went from being 26 and one of two PMs on this half billion dollar behemoth which you know defines a company uh, to suddenly I was 38 and jockeying tech support on a user forum. And there's a, a Paul Rudd SNL bit. You should, you should Google like uh, Paul Rudd SNL, Michelangelo. It's hilarious. And his like, it's all like this anachronistic language in this Renaissance thing. And his buddy keeps popping out of the the side of the screen going, man, kill yourself. And like, (laughs) I just kept imagining like that guy jumping in and I'm like, you know how has my career come to this? Uh, you know, basically, it was like I was I was doing a new product, and the new product wasn't taking off. And so I was like, "Well, you can do some sort of like community evangelism thing." I'm like, "Yeah, but let's be honest about what this is. It's like it's me, jockeying tech support on a user forum." And I, I was actually, this is ultimately back to your point. You got to be grateful for certain things because um, the circumstance was so bad. It like working for this one guy. It was sort of like. It's like if you went on if I went on a first date with a girl and I found out let's say in the first 5 minutes that like A she's super racist, B I've been she, on that date. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right, it, you know, so so like that alone probably probably reason enough to just go ahead and get the check. Uh, but B in addition, she's like 300 grand in debt and then C she's also a guy. Right? Then you're I've like I've not been on that date. Okay, good. Well, hey, it's New York, so there's time. <laughs> um but like yeah. I'm probably going to say, you know, go ahead and, and uh, push back the salad and be like, you know what, uh, why don't we just get the check? You can get on with your life. I'll get on with mine. We'll save ourselves some time and, and some effort.
0: Yes, Cause, time. Cause I could, yeah, time. I
2: think six months <laughs> trying to make this work, but you were so bad, but so bad that you've you've done me a solid and I am Audi 5000. So
0: I think yeah. that's a, such a beautiful point. Like you brought up, you know the humans that you interact with you talked about the positive intersections of, of human I can't quote you verbatim about right, what you right. said earlier like there's yeah. that right there's all we have is the, the people and right. the time and like that's such a we have to make the most of that to me that's more successful than that's that's success is the interactions and the impressions you leave on mm-hmm. people and what you do with your time and right. is it you know fulfilling in, in mm-hmm. some way
1: right there's a second component for me at least where I value experience so much than so much more than I value things. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to think about what I'm, what I want to spend my money on, I'm always going to want to spend my money on the experience. And so when I look back at those decisions, I feel like I may have made less money, but what I got for that money, I spent that money Mm -hmm. and I spent it on having this other experience. And sometimes they're really good and sometimes they didn't work out, but for better or worse, they're my experiences. But even more importantly than that is, like where I am now and and my career path I will I will do a lot and I will go pretty far out of my way to not have a real job. <laughs> right? Right? And by real job I mean I don't want to paint houses. I don't want to go to an office and trade stocks all day. Right. I like the things I do. I like making things and I like waking up shortly before noon and staying up too late. And right, sometimes right. I, I do weird things during the day when other people are working. Right. And that is that's not to say that I'm not doing work. It just means that I like kind of my approach to it. And I right. wouldn't give, I wouldn't right. give that up for more money. Certainly. No,
2: no. And that's exactly right. Where, um, you know, Tim O'Reilly, the, the publisher had a great line where I think, I uh, got this via Kruber where he said, you know, uh, money is like gas, you know, it sucks to run out, but your life shouldn't be a to work gas stations. And right. it's like right, just as long as you keep it in proportion that this is a uh, an enabler to help you have those experiences. In fact, I think this has been studied many times. And, and to your point, um, you know, it, this is this is well understood. Like if you don't have any money or if you don't have enough money, uh, this is a huge problem. And you know, then you have to get some. But but it's very well documented that once you have enough. Um, every all the other things like like you're saying you know whether it's living in vegas or going hiking in the mountains or whatever um is profoundly more likely to impact your your quality of life uh, that's really for the money better.
0: become money is freedom like to me that's how i perceive money it's it's the freedom yeah. to do to own my time and right. you know and right. then yeah that that's really it i love that yeah.
1: Yeah. The only thing I like about money is all the happiness it can buy me. <laughs> That's right. That's
2: right. And also crushing you know. your enemies. Yeah. Right. You know, I- see see them driven before you hear the limitations of their women. <laughs>